Johan who has a question. Okay, I have a semi-legal question. Uh, one of our relatives uh, lives by herself. Uh. One day, the neighbors uh, complained to Kesihatan. She had some problem with hoarding. Uh. Uh, okay. she had OCD, and then the Kesihatan made a police report. We went to her place and then took her to the hospital and committed her into the psychiatric ward. So as we know, she has no history of violence or being aggressive to anyone. The only problem is OCD. So the question is, do the authorities, so to speak, be it Kesihatan or the cops or whatever, have the right? Is there any provision under the law to forcibly commit someone into the ward? In fact, we had to get lawyers, you know, to go and get her out. So, in fact, uh, later when we speak to the head of the unit, the psychiatric unit, uh, she admitted that the junior made a mistake in committing her. So, what is uh, Dr. Joe's opinion on this? Thank you. Mm, so, how, doctor? Yeah, um, I think every time when uh, legal is involved, it gets very messy like, because it's, 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 it's problematic, right? Because someone's uh, mental health is at stake, you know, and they're, they're vulnerable and they're sick and all that kind of good stuff, right? Um, to the extent of my knowledge, um, only family members are allowed to commit anyone to, to hospitalization, right? Unless this person is alone or if there's this crisis, for example, emergency. And since your family member is worse living alone at that time, I think that's why maybe they took the decision to keep her safe like, in that sense, right? I know hoarding or OCD, to a certain extent, it's not um, harmful, but I think when it involves the, the uh, safety of the other people around them, so safety in the sense of like cleanliness and like rodents and things like that, so right. maybe that's why they made the decision, right? But I think since you've got legal representation, that's a good idea, right? So I think they will know the law better and they will be able to help your relative out better. But I think moving forward, I think maybe uh, some provisions need to be put in place to make sure that she has support lah, when she needs it lah, or help when she needs it. Lah. Yeah. Interesting. We received a voice note from Jenny. So I have my uh, I have a new domestic helper who's recently arrived. Now the other day when she was working in the house, she seemed to be talking to herself and sort of laughing out loud. So I'm just wondering if there's anywhere that you could recommend that perhaps I could get a psychiatric assessment for her to be done for her domestic helper yeah. so i guess it's nowhere private because yeah. i mean yeah. if you go see a yeah. psychologist in a private hospital or a clinic yep. it's going to cost a lot yeah it's going to be some cost involved definitely um jenny i think most government hospitals should be able to help you out like uh hkl for example hospital kuala lumpur um they've got a psychiatric unit um yeah, ummc the university malaya medical center they've got a pretty good psychiatric uh, facility as well so those are two options to consider definitely um there are also some ngos they can check out as well uh, mmha malaysian mental health association they've got a free clinic or subsidized clinic I think it's quite cheap. It's under like twenty dollars something like that. And also, uh, Souls twenty four seven. So that's another good organization as well. So they do uh, prorated skills. Uh, so they do have some exceptions, uh, right? So these are some options that you can consider, and it's a, you can get some good psychiatric evaluations there. Is it feasible mm. for most or all domestic helpers to go through some some form of psychiatric evaluation what even before, before they, they come start in work? Or before they because start? yeah, because they do medical mm. evaluation mm. to everyone to right. all the do- domestic helpers right. that comes right. in, right. but some. Some of them, you know, mm. are not sane in the mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do hear stories about domestic mm. helpers being have, having issues when they come over. Um, I think it's a really good idea. It's just that a few things you have to consider. One is the level of uh, expertise in the, their home countries, right? So, for example, if they're coming from a country that mental health is a bit more backwards, like Malaysia is pretty backward already, right? So, if it is even more backward than that, then they might not have access, number one. Number two, cost is a big issue, right? You can do those free screeners like the DAS, DAS test for depression, anxiety, and stress, right? But it only tells you that much. For the more comprehensive ones, you look in Malaysia, 
Malaysia, for example, it's about 300 ringgit per, per assessment, right? So it might not always be feasible. I think it's a good idea, but I think we're not there yet. Lah. Probably right. in the next 10 years or so, I think. Helen also sent us a voice note with her question. I have a situation about my cousin. She lost her father three years ago. She just couldn't get over it. She keeps going to the places where she and her father would uh, spend time together. And she would just sit there and being alone and cry. It's, uh, it's really worrying to see. Mostly she will do it alone. She will just suddenly disappear. She doesn't go to work sometimes. What makes it worse is that she just broke up with her boyfriend. I do know about it. I think she needs some guidance. I don't know what to do. So there's a lot of grief. Yeah, yeah. So I think grief on its own, like no, I think it's good to us to separate the two. Like, so normal grief is something that you go through every time you have a past. You lose something or lose someone or lose a job or whatever it is, right? Right. But I think when it becomes up to three years, right? So usually it's about a year of like, normal grief. Like, so if it's three years, I think it's quite concerning. And the fact that your cousin drops off all of a sudden and doesn't like doesn't go to work and things like that, that is definitely a concern. Like. When in our field, we talk about social and occupational functioning, right? So if someone's not able to function socially or occupationally, then that, it's a big red flag for us, right? I think Helen for in this case right I think your cousin needs uh, help right so I think taking her to see a psychologist or a counsellor might be a good idea grief is very complicated especially when you talk about some, losing someone as important as a father figure right and I think she needs to process this with someone who is uh, able to give her some new insights for example some new ideas and some objectivity as well right I think as a cousin when you talk to her it's, you've got that whole load of baggage of being a cousin so she might filter through what you're saying versus talking to someone who's purely objective and who's just there just to talk to you right there's no, no ulterior motive or no baggage or whatever it is yeah. right? so I think Helen get your cousin to see a psychologist or a counsellor I think that's your best bet at one point she said that her relationship failed, failed as, well. as well Yeah. not sure yeah. whether it was because, because of the grief yeah. yeah it could be it could be or because of the breakup the grief just you know blew up got worse more, right? yeah. so I think the many many kind of layers here I think we need, she needs help definitely but what if she is resistant to it she might be I wouldn't be surprised because she might think oh this is normal this is part of my grieving process and all that la. so I think what we can do is to be available right so letting her know that look I've got these options for you I've done my research these are the places you can go to whenever you're ready let me know we'll go together and I'll go with you right I think ultimately don't force people to go see a therapist yeah you can't already. pull someone exactly. into the clinic exactly yeah. exactly this is saying I tell my clients right you can force the cow to go to the river but you can't force the cow to drink the water yeah. right? so exactly the same thing as well alright yep, yep. uh, we're still with Dr. Joel Lowe on Mind Matters uh, it's the free clinic so give us a call at 039543 or whatsapp us a voice note on our digi light line 016-510-8888 to ask a doctor any question you might have on mental health issues right now here's adele rolling in the deep on light now we have a caller who prefers to remain anonymous what is your question i have a son who is uh, 31 year old uh, he, he says uh, to me that he gets uh, very fast angry, you know, and then he can't just control his mind. And then uh, he says whenever he goes to see the doctor and the doctor is referring him to the, the psychiatric hospital, which is in Ulukinta, Ipo uh, there. Mm-hmm. And then he says he feels very awkward to go there because he feels he don't need to go there. But then uh, the question that he says to me that he just can't control his anger. And then he has lost his friends and 
he has lost his girlfriend and he just wants to be by himself. He don't like to talk so much, very self-centered. Uh, you know, all sorts of weird things that he has been doing. So I would like to ask the doctor that what can I do and where should I actually, I mean, ask him to go and who do I need to see actually? All right, sure thing, Carla. So to answer your last question first, right, where can you take your son for help? Um, yes. Psychiatrist is definitely an option, but the thing to consider is that we see psychiatrists nine times out of ten they'll be giving you your son medication to manage the anger, right? So that's something to consider. If you don't want to be, if you don't want your son to be on long-term medication, then that might not be an option. Yes. An alternative would be to see either a counselor or a clinical psychologist and tell them that you tell them that your son needs anger management sessions because this is quite actually it's not very it's actually a very common thing. A lot of people do have anger management issues, right? So yes. if he can see a counselor or a clinical psychologist, then they can help them give him some really good skills to manage those anger. Number one, but more importantly, okay. to find out where the anger is coming from. So what I mean by understanding the anger is because all these things happen to other people, but other people don't get angry as quickly as your son. There's something inside your son that makes him more angrier than usual in that sense, right? And working with a psychologist would be a good idea to help understand that. Now, to help your son in particular, there are a few things that he can try uh, while you're waiting or while you're looking, right? So one thing is to go online, for example, on YouTube and try out some mindfulness exercises. What happens is that it teaches him to be calmer. It teaches him to calm his um, thoughts down, right? So when he gets angry or something bad happens, he doesn't get angry straight away. There's this little pause in between so that's one. Second one okay. is just to remind him that every time he starts to get angry a little bit angry right remove himself from the situation uh, don't stay there la. so let's say he's fighting with uh, his brother or his family member for example the instant he starts getting a little bit angry get him out of the room right don't make him stay in the same room because the more he stays the more angry he's going to get so these are yeah. some simple steps that you can do while in the meantime but I think seeing a counsellor or a psychologist or even a psychiatrist would be your best bet it's better because if not then you have all these uh, negative side effects happening like losing friends losing girlfriends and family members and all that la. okay yeah. I hope that answers your question. Thank you very much. No problem. My pleasure. I'll do that. Okay, bye. Shakina, what's your question for Dr. Joel? Uh, It's uh, regarding uh, about uh, how you want to deal with uh, if one of your family members involved in uh, drug addiction. Mm. Mm, Okay. Um, I mean, can you like as a family member put them in a psychiatric uh, assessment so then Mm. uh, because... uh, they tend to be like violence to yep. other family members. Okay, okay. Alright. Um, a few things to consider here, Shakina, right? Um, first one is the legal impli- uh, implications, la, right? So if mm. you bring your family member to a uh, hospital for psychiatry evaluation, that's well within your right. Um, because as a family member, you are allowed to, let's say you're worried about a family member, you're worried they're not yeah, making good yeah. decisions, you can bring them to the hospital and get them evaluated. That's not an issue. La. My yeah. only concern is the, 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 the legal impl- uh, implications, la, because he's taking drugs and in Malaysia, drugs is illegal, right? Yeah. So that's one thing to consider. Um, yeah, but yeah, if yeah. if that's okay, then then by all means, you know, take them to a psychiatric institution, um, get them evaluated, non issue. Um, but mm. there are also other um, drug uh, NGOs, for example. I think Pomadam is one of them, if not mistaken. So they are mm. drug NGO, right? You can bring them there, and then your family member can get a detox session, and there's also counseling provided as well. Um, and there are also other private uh, drug detox centers in Malaysia that you can search up online and send your family member to as well. Lah. So there are there is support, there is help for your family member. It's just that you need to um, bring them there. Lah. Now he probably he I'm assuming he or she would be quite resistant towards it as well. So yeah. um as 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 uh, whenever you can make sure that you know you are taking a more gentle approach, a more supportive or encouraging approach, right? Mm-hmm. Um but if sometimes if it becomes to a point where he's hurting other people and he's hurting himself, mm-hmm. for example, then I think we mm-hmm. need to take more drastic measures, like in that sense, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, like, I mean, we have to like force in that. Potentially, like, it's not it's not nice. But if it's hurting people, then I think we need to you know, consider that option. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. Thank you. No okay, problem. Okay, Shakina. Okay. Hopefully that answers your question. All right. Good Thanks luck. for the call. Okay. Thank you.